Welcome to the teaching ministry of Paseo del Rey Church in Chula Vista, California. We invite you to open up your Bibles as we join Pastor Gary Bowman for today's message. Good morning, I'm Pastor Gary. It's good to see you. What's your name? Yeah, good to see you. I, I memorized all those just then. Um, hey, we are starting. We want you to open your Bibles to Second Corinthians chapter eight, page eleven sixty one in the Bible that's in the rack. If you didn't bring yours, we're starting a, a brand new series here, a five week series. And and here's a cool thing: is five different guests, five different preachers are going to be sharing messages about. Um, irrational generosity, and we're just excited what God has for us, and um, because He has been so generous to us, He fuels us and He empowers us to be generous with others, and uh, we, we, we're just excited about looking at that from, some, from several different angles and different ways, and this week, or last weekend, we had a real treat here at Paseo del Rey. We had one of our missionaries, a South African brother named Natan Kamanja. Natan um, and his family here, you see uh, his wife Michelle and uh, Hannah and Joshua. And we've been friends with Natan and his family, I don't know, 20 years or maybe a little bit more. He's been one of our missionaries. Natan works with Campus Crusade for Christ or crew in South Africa. In fact, he's uh, uh, the director of leadership training for 23 countries in southern Africa. And uh, every time I'm around Naughton, I'm just like so refreshed because he is like one of the most generous people I've ever met in my life. And when I say, when we talk about generous generosity, I don't want us to just think about money, but I want us to think about um, generous in listening, being generous in encouragement being generous in how we spend our time and our life and all of the resources we have. And man, that's Naughton. He just, he just gives him, he just pours himself out. And many of you got to, inter, got to interact with him last week. We had a Saturday night get together and then Sunday morning he was with us. And then Sunday afternoon, some of you got together for lunch with him. And then I got the joy of taking him to the airport Monday morning. And since I was kind of hungry, we stopped at Mission Cafe, downtown San Diego on the way. And I had more bacon and eggs than I needed for the month and pancakes. But it was really good. And Naughton loved it as well. But the best part of the meal was just hearing what God is doing in Naughton's life. And uh, he's, he, just, he just overflows with this crazy generosity. And um, he was telling me a story about a guy that he's recently reconnected with. He had met him about 20 years ago when this guy was a college student. And when uh, Naughton was working with college ministry in South Africa. This guy was from a neighboring African country, and he'd come to South Africa to go to school. And um, his first or second year in in the university in in Johannesburg, um, he was involved in a a, uh, tragic car accident in which the driver and the other passenger in the car were killed instantly, but Naughton's friend lived. And he was in the hospital, and... uh, so Naughton made contact with him and began to talk with him. And as this guy unloaded his feelings and his emotions, and why me? Why did I survive? And my two friends, why were they instantly killed, college, young college students, and just really struggling? And, 
And he said, well, you know, what's, what's the purpose in life? He really asked those kinds of hard questions. And Natan said, I can tell you who the purpose of life is. And he, Natan shared with him, Natan poured out Jesus Christ into, into his life. And this young man came to know Christ, and Natan began to disciple him, and Natan and, and Michelle began to have him in their home, and he stayed with them, and he, uh, they, they, they fed him and loved him and nurtured him. Uh, and just really saw him grow in Christ. And, for, and then he became a generous Christian as well. He went off, went to another African country, did his master's degree. And Nathan just reconnected with him recently. They've been in some contact. But they got together. And this guy is now uh, the um, uh, chief advisor to the president of another African country. And so he has his office right next to the president's office. And he's just, he says he's just pouring his life now into this president with the gospel of Jesus Christ as he advises him. And, you know, that, that began, didn't it, with Naughton's open-handedness, with Naughton not wanting to keep hold of the gospel, not, want, not, not, not wanting to, not needing to keep a hold of his house and um, his privacy and his, his, um, his, his, quiet, his own times, but he just gave himself away to others. And now this guy that he poured his life into is now giving himself away to the president of this other African country. That's one of our missionaries. That's, that's one of the people that we're part of, that your giving, your generosity helps to keep Naughton on the field. Now, many of us, or some of us here at Paseo, know a, more of a backstory about Naughton. And that backstory is about some other people who are really generous in Naughton's life. And those people are uh, people who went to our church for many years, Dan and Wendy Sherman. And Dan and Wendy moved uh, about 10 years or so ago, and they're now in Austin, Texas. But uh, Dan and Wendy, when they got married, um, decided to forego some of the luxuries of living in America. And they became missionaries with Campus Crusade for Christ as well. And they went to Malawi, to, Mal, to, to Malawi, and they poured their lives into Malawi. And they, as they as they um, poured their lives in there, um, they had their first daughter. They had their daughter Christy there, and she was. You should have them tell you the story sometime of uh, the hospital, kind of a hospital where she was born. But you see, they wanted to be generous. Dan and Wendy did with other people because Jesus had been so generous with them. They wanted to pour out their lives like Jesus had poured out their, uh, his life for them. And so Dan and Wendy were working with a high school there. And uh, in the high school uh, was a young man, a uh, young South African man who was going to high school, a young, young boy. And um, they and others in the school there began to pour their lives into this young man and have him into their homes. And they were open-handed and loving and generous and sharing the gospel of this young man. And this young man came to know Jesus Christ as his Savior and his Lord. And Dan and Wendy continued to pour their lives into him for the next several years. And that man, of course, is Natan Kamanja, our missionary to, to South Africa and to Southern Africa. And, you know, all of that happened and all of that is happening. It hasn't stopped yet, has it? Because people experience the irrational, crazy, over-the-top, reckless love of Jesus Christ in their lives. And he lives in us. And then we're able to pour that love out and that generosity out toward other people. 
And that's what we're going to be talking about in this series. We're not going to be talking about forced generosity. We're not going to be talking about generosity to appease or some guilt that we have in our lives. We haven't been generous somewhere else. We're going to be talking about what real generosity is, and it's generosity that is fueled and empowered and driven by the generosity that Jesus Christ has given to us. So in 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and chapter 9 is a, just a, a, a great passage about generosity. The word occurs, appears several times, but the whole concept is there. And Paul is writing this letter to the church uh, in Corinth, which is a city, just like Chula Vista is a city. This is a city in, in, in Greece. And he's writing this letter to them. And so here's what we're going to do this morning is you folks here from the center line over, you are the Corinthians this morning. So that's how you are. So let's hear Corinthians. Corinthians. Okay, let's look. Okay, like San Diego State University. Yeah, right? Corinthians. Corinthians. All right. I'm not going to ignore you much, but I'm going to ignore you, ignore you some. You're going to come into play here. So you guys are the Corinthians. And so Paul's writing this letter. And he's writing this letter and saying, you guys want to be joyful? You guys want to be joyful? Yeah, that sounds really good, doesn't it? Well, let me tell you, the road to, gen- to a joy is generosity. And you're like, what? Like, okay, you're like, what? Yeah. You mean like giving away stuff? Yeah, that's exactly what I mean, Paul says. Well, tell me more. Well, Corinthians, do you, re- do you know where Christianity began? Do you know what city Christian? Where was Jesus crucified and buried? And where did he raise again from? What city? Oh, you Corinthians are brilliant. You passed geography and Bible. Now, Jerusalem is way over there. It's to the east, right? It's way over there. So just think of that. You guys still with me here? You haven't left? I'm glad to see you didn't all leave. Yeah. So Jerusalem's way over there, and here's the Corinthians over here. So Corinthians, you know, the mothership, where, where the reason you guys are here is because of the Christians in Jerusalem, because of what they did and what they sacrificed. And there is a famine going on in, in Jerusalem right now. There's a flood. There's a hurricane. And they're, they're all but wiped out. We need to be generous to them. Like they've been generous to us. They gave us the gospel. So what we're going to do is we're going to take a collection. We're going to be, now he's talking about money. We're going to take this collection. And we want to be over-the-top generous to give these folks, and someone, some, one of the wisecracked guys in the back or gals in the back says, well, we don't know any of them. That's okay. They're your brothers and sisters, and they're in need. So let's take a big, so let's get the ushers, and we'll get the offering, offering places, and we're going to take this big offering, and we're going to send it to the church in Jerusalem. And so that's what this Second Corinthians 8 and 9 is all about. Now, how do you know that? Because you don't even find the word Jerusalem in chapters 8 or 9. Well, you discover it from the context and then in the book of Acts. So you can go dig around in the book of Acts and find out about this situation in Jerusalem and the offering for them. So Paul says, I'll be back to you guys in a little bit here. He didn't say that, but I did. Second Corinthians 8. Now, brothers and sisters, Corinthians, we want you to know about the grace that God has given. Hey! The Macedonian churches. That's who you guys are. Hey, Macedonian churches. Hey. Say hi to the Corinthians. (laughs) You guys are pretty good. 
These guys are kind of showing you up. Say, hey, Corinthians, say hi to the Macedonians. All right, good to meet each other. Okay, this is good. So Paul says, and now, brothers and sisters in Corinth, we want you to know about the grace that God has given to the Macedonian churches. God just poured grace down upon the Macedonian churches. Because you guys are over here like, uh, I know he's going to pass the offering plate soon. Ooh, this is going to get kind of tough. And, you go, and some of you guys are going, my mortgage is overdue. How can I be generous? My business isn't doing like it used to do. How can I be generous? I gave last week at the office. How can we be generous, right? As if some of you are thinking, we don't make enough. I want to tell you, Corinthians, about the grace of God and how it's been poured down upon the Macedonian churches. You guys think you have it bad? These guys have really been hit hard. And now, brothers and sisters, we want you to know about the grace that God has given to the Macedonian churches in the midst of a very severe trial. Doesn't tell us what it is, but it's been tough, hasn't it, Eric? Awful. (laughs) Man, you couldn't have been better. Thank you, Eric. Eric, oh, it's just been Corinthians. You guys got it made compared to what Eric's going through over here. In fact, ushers, let's get an offering going for Eric right now. Be all right, Eric? Because your, your Maserati is, what, two or three years old? Yeah. yeah I mean, you're going to have to che- put new gas in the thing. It's amazing. In the, in the midst of a very severe trial, they're overflowing, get this, joy and their, and their extreme poverty. You guys think you've got a bad? These guys have had a severe trial of some type, but they've had joy in, in, even in the midst of their extreme poverty. And all of that welled up into rich generosity. This is amazing, isn't it? He says, for I testify that the Corinthians, you got to get these Macedonians. I'm telling you that when I told them about the need in Jerusalem, I had to stop them from giving. They were, they were up at my feet begging me to give to the, to the need in Jerusalem. And that's what Paul's saying, verse uh, verse 3, for I testify that even that, that they gave as much as they were able and even beyond their ability. That's irrational, right? Sounds like Jesus. Irrational generosity. For I testify that they gave as much as they were able and even beyond their ability, entirely on their own. They urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in the servants' service to God's people. And they exceeded all of our expectations. They gave of themselves first to the Lord and then to us. So we urged our, our partner in, in the faith, fellow pastor T- Titus, um, to, he, you guys had started Corinthians, you'd started to give an offering earlier, now it's time to complete it. You, you excel in everything, you Corinthians. You, you excel in your speech, you excel in your faith, you excel in your wisdom and knowledge and your earnestness and the, and the love that you have. Now, look, if you're going to excel in one more thing, excel in the grace of giving. Wouldn't that be something to be known, like the Macedonians are, for people who excel in generosity? Like Natan, like Dan and Wendy, like Jesus. Wouldn't, wouldn't that be something to, know, to be people like that? He says, I'm not commanding you, but I want to test the sincerity of your love by comparing it with the earnestness of others. For you, here's the, here's the whole crux of the issue. 
For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that through his poverty, so that you through his poverty might become rich. That is irrational generosity, isn't it? That's Jesus gave himself for Macedonians and for Corinthians and for Jerusalem, folks in Jerusalem, and for folks in Chula Vista and all around the world. He gave himself in this radical way. He, he gave, gave himself for his enemies because that's who we are outside of Christ. We're his enemies. We're God's enemies. I'll take the bullet. I'll take a bullet for anyone in my family. I'll, if I could step on the way and take the bullet, I would do that. But I wouldn't do that for my enemies. And I wouldn't do it for a lot of other people either. People who aren't my enemies, people that I just don't know or that are kind of on the fringe of my life. But this is what Jesus does in his irrational generosity. He takes the bullet that was due to you and to me who were his enemies and he dies in our place. And this incre- He who was rich became poor. And, and Paul, Paul says, this is, what dri- this is what drives our generosity. This is, this, is, this is what changes us. So I'm going to share four points here from this, this passage and a couple of other verses. And the first is the gospel of Jesus gushes generosity. You see... A person can be generous for all the wrong reasons. They can, be, they can be generous because of legalism. I have to give a certain percent of my income. I have to tithe. You know, if you've been around Paseo del Rey Church for long, you know, we don't teach tithing here. We don't believe in tithing here. Because tithing is a, it's only mentioned one time in the New Testament, and it's, it's mentioned negatively by Jesus when it is mentioned. What the New Testament talks about is gushing with generosity. It's about sacrificial giving because Jesus has been so sacrificial for us. So it's, it's never a law or a rule. It always gushes from us. It's not, never mandated or guilt-driven. It's always a response to the crazy reckless, irrational generosity of Jesus, that he who was rich became poor. He poured himself out in generosity. And, 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 the, and the cool thing about Jesus is he is not only the most generous person in the universe, he's also the most joyful person in the universe. You see, joy and generosity, we're going to see it a couple of times in the passage. We already saw it once with the Macedonians. It's part it's part and parcel with our, with our generosity. We're going to talk about it a little bit more. Uh, look what he says there in two. In the midst of a very severe trial, the Macedonians overflowing joy, there it is, and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. Oh, even in their poverty, they were still able to well up more than, more than their ability, Paul says. I did something kind of interesting this week. I, I don't want to brag about my salary, but it is north of six figures. And, and, and so I, I went online and I put in there, I typed in, I said, um, what, how rich am I compared to the rest of the people in the world? And I put my real salary in there. It's south of six figures, by the way, really far south of six figures. And so I, I typed it in there and I, I discovered that I am the eighth millionth richest person in the world. 
Yeah, what do you think of that? And Kevin's right behind me at seven. I, I, there's only a million people that are richer than I am in this world. And I'm like, those suckers. Those guys, why do they deserve to be richer than I am? I don't, everybody in the world's rich. Eight million people are richer than me. And then I turned around and I saw, I said, how many people are poorer than me in the world? And there's only about 7.5 billion, pe- billion people poorer than I am in the world. You ought to do that with your salary. Because I'm always looking at the people in front and ahead of me in line, right? And I'm always going, why don't I have what they have? There's only 8 million people in the world that have more, make more money than I do. Don't let this get out to the elders, by the way. Okay? There's only 8 million people who make more money than I do. How many, how many in front of you? The poorest person among us is in the top one, less than 1% of the world's richest people. The poorest person that's among us here. We are the, we are the richest of people. But it's, but it's interesting that studies tell us over and over and over again that the more you have, the less you give. The more you have, the less you give. Not on a dollar sense, but in a percentage sense. That the most generous people are the people who have the least. And the stingiest people are the people who have the most. And why does that happen? Well, I I just have a really easy answer. Sin. Right? That's why it happens. Because at first I, I earn it. And then I start thinking I deserve it, right? And then I'm entitled to it, right? That's what happens to me. And so I've got to hold on to my time. I've got to hold on to my gifts. I have to hold on to my possessions. I've got to make more and more and more. And because that sin nature inside of me wants to hold on to more and more and more and more, I give away less and less and less. Every study, every single study indicates this. But God's doing something here at Paseo del Rey. You guys are amazingly generous with your gifts and your time and your energies and your interests and your listening and your sharing of the gospel. Walk for water. You know, the 20 leaders people back in Grand Rapids, Michigan, think we're crazy out here at Paseo Del Rey Church. When we set our goal at $10,000 that we wanted to raise in our walk for water to build clean water filters, they said, you know, you might want to start off a little bit lower. And I thought, kind of thought, well, yeah, maybe we should start off a little bit lower. And we're almost at $20,000. That's generosity. You, you, guys, are, you guys are like the, 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 our Macedonian friends. You, you, gave, you gave beyond your ability entirely on your own. Verse 4, you urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this ministry. It, you're, you're so incredibly generous. How many of you, several of you, raise foster kids, take kids into their home, foster, foster kids, kids without, without parents that, or parents who can't take care of them. Well, think of the generosity of that. And some of you that are teachers, you're so generous with your students and you give to them beyond, well above, above and beyond what's required of your class. And some of you are so generous as neighbors, so kind to your neighbors and helpful to your neighbors and and um, that ge- it's that generosity. You know, this morning at first service, um, 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 Sarah Hernandez was sitting right here. 
and usually her husband, Reuben Hernandez, sits with her. They're always together. But Reuben's not here today because Reuben is a, um, he was a El Jefe for the California Fire um, Authority, uh, the forest, forest Authority. And he retired, I don't know, six, eight years or so ago from that. But when the earthquake happened in Mexico City last week, what did Reuben do? He got his old gear out and he got it on an airplane and he flew down to Mexico City to help with the rescue efforts. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that the generous? It's because Jesus has been so generous to him, right? Let's give that a hand. Yeah. That's the kind of generosity that you are. And it's because Jesus has been so freely generous with you. And let's just stop him. And let's just pray for, for um, uh, Reuben and for others right now. Jesus, we thank you for your generosity to us. You, you, you who were rich and had it all and could have held on to it all, you poured it all out for us. Jesus, may that change us and may we become more like you. May we become more and more generous like Reuben. Would you protect him and so many others that are down in Mexico City and those regions and down into Oaxaca who have suffered so much? Use them. And we pray for Houston and those areas. And we pray for Puerto Rico and our family and friends there as well. And for Cuba and those islands surrounding. And we pray for a place that probably many of us haven't even heard what's going on in. It's been eclipsed. But we think of the thousand, one over 1,000 people who have died in the flooding in Bangladesh and in Nepal and in India in recent days. And Jesus, we, we pray that we would be generous like you've been generous to us to go and to, to, to send and to, to, um, to help su supplies and to give of ourselves, that we would be generous like you. In Jesus' name, amen. You, you see, the gospel gushes generosity. As we understand and believe that what Jesus did for us, when he poured himself out for us, that we become more and more like him. So here's the second uh, thought or overview I have. The second one is that gospel, the gospel replaces the spoon with a ladle. The gospel replaces the spoon with a ladle. Um, hey, you know what a spoon is, right? A spoon is how you feed yourself. But a ladle is what you feed other people with. We go down to Ladle Fellowship, our church does about every six weeks. And uh, um, I went down with them uh, one of the times and I went, they let me back into the kitchen, which was probably a dangerous thing to do. And I went back into the kitchen and they had this cauldron or this pot that was huge. And so I went over to see what they were doing in it. And they, there was a gentleman there and they, had, uh, they were making soup in this, in this huge cauldron that they have. And he was stirring it. But guess what? He wasn't stirring it with a little teaspoon, was he? He had this thing that looked like an oar from a boat. I am not kidding you. It was a paddle. It, 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 but it was shaped like a spoon at the bottom. And he was working that soup around there. And he was cooking that soup. And, and you, you, use a, you use a ladle to feed other people. 
And, and that's what the gospel does to us, is it, is it takes the focus off of feeding ourselves and taking care of ourselves and our families and our little compound and our little world. And it says, how can I reach out and how can I feed others? How can I feed the folks in Jerusalem, the people I don't even know, the people that, that, um, that I don't know and that, that are outside my family and outside our church and outside our comfort zone? Jesus had a parable about this, didn't he? He told a story in Luke chapter 14. He said, he said this, Then Jesus said to his host, When you give a luncheon or a dinner, do not invite your friends or your brothers or sisters or your relatives or your rich neighbors. If you do, they may invite you back and so that you'll be repaid. You go, Jesus, that's exactly why I'm inviting them. So they'll invite me back. Now, Jesus is not prohibiting and having family parties and having neighborhood parties. He's not prohibiting. But he's saying, remember something else, too. Get out the ladle. But when you give a banquet, invite the poor, invite the crippled, invite the lame, invite the person of another skin color, of another language, invite the immigrant, Invite the person whose sexual preferences are different than yours, and you will be blessed. Although they can't repay you, you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. That's where you want to be repaid, because when they say thanks and they go out the door, they're talking about you as they walk out the door. Did you see what they served tonight? I can't believe that. That's all the thing, and it's going to be gone. But the thanks that we get at the resurrection of the righteous will be an eternal and an everlasting um, one. And so I was thinking, okay, I want to give some real practicality to this. How, how do we become generous? How do we become ladle Christians instead of spoon Christians? Um, and I was thinking about how do we use our homes? How do we use our apartments? Are our apartments and homes, are they, are they open? I love what Dave Human says. He says, people at our house have refrigerator privileges. Dave's address is 2375. <laughs> but I love that about Dave and Janet. Their home and, and many other homes, too, they're, they're open not just to their family and their friends and people who can repay them, but people who can never repay them. But that's being generous, isn't it? That's that open heart uh, thing. Invite college students. Invite singles uh, into our homes. Use your home for a growth group, a place to listen and to talk. So our apartments, our our homes. um, Be generous with your spirit. One of the things I love about about, um, um, Natan, one of the things I love about Natan is I came away from our conversation, breakfast, so encouraged. He's a Barnabas. Why are we so stingy with encouragement? Like, well, I have three encouragements left the rest of my life. I can give out. Man, you know how good it feels when you're encouraged? You know, you know how good that feels? So, someone says, hey, hey, Jen, that was a soup. That was really neat how you led the, all of the, the um, collection of the funds for all of 20 leaders for the walk. Jen? I just want to tell you, honestly, you did a great job of organizing that and leading that. You made it possible for us to send almost, uh, we'll have 20,000. Jen, way to go, right? Let's give Jen a big hand. Yeah. No, Jen a big hand. 
man, when, when someone genuinely encourages us, that's being generous. Be generous in, 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 your, in your praise and your encouragement. Be generous in forgiveness. Be, be, be wide open in, 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 in giving uh, to other people forgiveness. And be generous in listening. And be generous with saying yes to people. And be generous with the gospel. Be generous with the gospel. Share the gospel. Tell people. Show people the gospel. Pass that gospel along. I'm going to go back to Naughton. So we're having breakfast down there, and the waitress comes, and um, we're making small talk with her as we're making our order. And so Naughton turns to our waitress down in there, and she, he, says, he says, hey, what's your name? And she said, Amanda. And he said, what's Amanda mean? That's a pretty name. What's it mean? And she says, it means worthy of love. And Naughton said, I'd like to tell you about someone who really believes that you are worthy of love and his love for you will never change. And he shares the gospel with our waitress because he's generous. He's generous in so many different ways. Why is he so generous? Because Jesus is so generous. Nobody made not and do that. He had such a joy and a delight. Just, just give me, you know, vac- give me the vaccine, not and... And it's the gospel's the vaccine that we need. So move from the spoon to the, to the ladle. Here's the third one. Is gospel generosity is what we want for people, not from people. It's what we want for people, not from people. Look at chapter 9, uh, verses, uh, verse 6 there. Take a look. Remember this, Paul says, chapter 9, verse 6. Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. We, we want generosity for you, not from you. L- look what happens when you're generous. Is, is, is that we, 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 if we sow, uh, we sow generously, we'll reap generously. Now, this is not prosperity gospel. That if you put $100 in the offering plate, that you're going to get $200 back. That's not what he's talking about. He's talking about the blessings of God himself. Uh, Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. That's what God, God wants us to be generous because generosity makes us more joyful. Interesting story in Luke 18 and Luke 19. In Luke 18 is this story about a rich guy who comes to Jesus and asks Jesus how he can enter the kingdom of God. And he says, well, what does the commandment say? And he says, well, I've done all those commandments. And, and Jesus says to him, well, there's just one thing you missed. Sell everything you have and give it to the poor. And the scripture says that man became very, remember, sad. He became very sad. In the very next chapter, this is not by mistake. Remember when Luke wrote, there were no chapters. In the, our very next chapter, Within, I don't know, 10 or 15 verses of that story is a story about another rich guy. His name was Zacchaeus. And Jesus came to his house and he brought the gospel and this man believed the gospel. And what does that man do? He says to Jesus, Jesus, look, I'm going to give away half of all that I have. I like that kind of tithing, by the way. I like that kind of thing. He said, I'm going to give away half 
of everything that I have to the poor, not to the people that I owe back taxes to, that I overcharge them. I'm going to give half of what I have away to the poor, to the lame and the blind and the people of other skin colors and to the immigrants. I'm going to give half of what I have away to the poor. And then out of my other half, I'm going to pay back up to, what is it, up to four times anyone that I've messed over in my giving. And and can you hear the joy in that situation? Can you hear the delight in that situation? The, The one rich guy, he goes away sad because he can't be generous. And the one who is incredibly generous, like Jesus is generous to him, goes away with great joy and delight. You know, studies have shown over and over again that the most generous people are the most happy people. A study in March from the University of Zurich, March of this year, um, studied a group of people. And what they did to this group of people, they said to the Corinthians, here's $100. Each of you get $100. We're going to give you $100. And here's what you're to do with it, is you're going to spend it on yourself. And yeah, those Corinthians, they get all the good stuff, don't they? Before they told them that, they did brain scans on all these people. So then they came over to this group, the Macedonians, and they said to the Macedonians, we're going to give you $100 each, and we want you to buy something for someone else. They did brain scans on you before they did that. So you, then they gave you time to think about how, where you were going to spend it. They did another brain scan on you. They uh, gave you time to think about who you wanted to spend that $100 on. They did another brain scan on And what they discovered in these brain scans is the regions of the brain that that indicate happiness and joy were fairly dull on you guys. But they lit up on you guys. There is this joy that occurs when we give to other people. When we give ourselves away, there are neurological changes in the areas of the brain that process happiness much to a significant, much, much greater way in those who are giving away. Generous people are happier. There's an interesting book. It's not a Christian book. It's called The Paradox of Generosity. Now, look what Jesus said. Look what Jesus said. He said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. See, this is why we want generosity for you, not from you. This is for you. It's more blessed to be generous than it is to receive. And he says it's not bad to receive, but it's more blessed, Jesus says, to give than it is to receive. So there's this, this book written by two professors at Notre Dame. And the, the name of the book is um, The Paradox of Generosity. And then here's the subtitle. Giving we receive, grasping we lose. Now, they could have just gone to Acts 20, verse 35, and discovered that a lot without all their research. But they're finding this out. And one of the studies they did, they did several studies in this book. One of them was they asked groups of people to describe themselves on a continuum from very happy to very unhappy in spots along the way. And they detected a correlation between happiness and generosity. And one of the things they discovered is the people who, um, who described themselves as very happy were people who volunteered about five, almost six hours a month, who gave, who gave away about six hours of their life a month to other people volunteering. And the people who rated themselves as unhappy 
gave on average 35 minutes a month away. They're just discovering this correlation that the happiest, most joyful people are people who are more generous. And they, in this study, they talk a lot about Americans who sadly, studies tell us, are the least, some of the least generous people by nationality around the world. That correlates, doesn't it, with because we have the most. This, that sin nature. But percentage-wise of what we give away, Americans are among the lowest of all nations around the earth in our generosity. But here's something interesting that they did discover about Americans. They discovered that Americans who are very, who are very giving in relationships, like being emotionally available for people, and being hospitable, having people into their home, are much, much more likely to be in excellent health than those who are not hospitable and emotionally available. And you know, think of the most generous people you know. Why do you love to be around them? Because they're just so happy. They're just so joyful. They just can't wait. How can we be more generous? How can we give ourselves away? Verse uh, 7 says in chapter 8, verse 7 says, But since you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness, and in the love that we've kindled uh, in you, see that you excel in the grace of giving. Wouldn't that be neat to be known as people? who excel in the graciousness of giving. Oh, that's, that's, those are the people I like to hang around, people who excel in generosity. And here's our fourth point. Here's our, here's our very uh, last point, and it is this. It is the gospel generosity rocks where the gospel gratitude rolls. i got to get back in the 60s a little bit here this morning, right? And, and it, this, is, this, is, this is so cool that when... When, the, when we saturate ourselves in the gospel, generosity flows from us. It gushes from us. L- look, look what Paul says in chapter 9, verse, uh, verse 15. He ends, this whole, he ends this whole talk about this writing about giving with these words in verse 15. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. He says all of our giving, all of our generosity is based in bathing ourselves and saturating ourselves in the gospel, in being grateful, being being full of gratitude for what Jesus has done for us. This um, uh, couple, about two weeks ago now, I had breakfast with one of our new families here in church with the husband, and as we were having breakfast together, this guy just—he's just got such a generous, kind heart. And um, he said, "He said we're really blessed by Paseo del Rey. We're just so thankful that." We, our family found the church here, and we're just we're excited about be- becoming more involved. We want to serve in the church. And um, um, this guy's a, a seminary graduate. And I'm thinking, wow, man, this guy could probably teach. This guy could help us lead and, and great wife and neat kids. And I'm just I'm really excited. And he, he kind of leans over the table and he says, Gary, he says, I, I'm, I would be willing to do anything to serve in the church if you need toilet scrubbed, I want to do it. And I am like, oh, my God. Where does this come from? Well, it comes from a gratitude of all that Jesus has done for him. And how Jesus, who was rich and had it all, poured himself out 
And this brother wants to pour himself out in generosity like Jesus has for him. Let's stand together and I want to pray for us that God would grow us in generosity.